Welcome to the Supergivers Podcast. I'm Jesse Johnson. Today, talking with a breakthrough practitioner from West Virginia, USA, Danielle LaRock. On the surface, this could seem like another interview with a healer about healing folks. While it is that, we also explore how privilege can bring perspective to the concept of purpose and the universality of love and service. All right, Danielle LaRock, welcome. Thanks so much for being here today. It's awesome to be here, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, and as I was reading through all the information you sent, it sounds like you have um, just tons going on in your world right now. So I'm just curious to start with what you're most excited about sharing. Yeah, um, I feel like just even in the past year, um, my work has taken a really big um a big evolution and a turn, uh, and it feels like uh, it's coming more from the real me uh, in a way where um, I'm able to connect with other people as their real selves. Um, so I'm just really excited because I've been working with people um, who are experiencing uh, either disease in their body or um, kind of just overall misalignment in their life. Um, and the work that I do is about helping them step into their their calling, um, the impact that they want to make in the world. Uh, and by doing so, um, we've seen some really amazing uh, changes in like their physical symptoms subsiding um, and other great things happening in their life because of them deciding to engage in their healing calling. Wow. If they were to describe uh, your role in their lives, um, what, what would they say is the most important part of the work you're doing with them? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I feel like um, they would describe it, and I, I at least that's what I aim to do, is being able to be in the space with them. Um, so I don't even so much look at it as like, I'm not healing anybody else. Um, one, because I don't think that's possible. I think mm -hmm. that um, we can only heal ourselves. Um, I also don't think that anyone's broken, so I don't think anyone needs to get f fixed. Um, and uh, I also, uh, you know, I've, I've heard that term like holding the space uh, used a lot. And I've just kind of realized that the people who have been most impactful for me and who I've learned so much from and kind of how I show up in my work is to be in the space with, um, with this other person um, and recognize that they already have their own answers for uh, what it is that they want to create. Wow. So what's your background to do this kind of work? Have you have you been a therapist? Have you been a body worker? Like, where are you coming from? Yeah, uh, it's kind of been a really interesting journey because um, I actually went to I went and got my master's in environmental science, of all things. So um, if you looked at like my um, formal education, you wouldn't see how that relates to what I'm doing now. Um, but what ended up happening is I was in a job uh, that on paper looked like I was like saving the world uh, in some way. Um, but I didn't feel connected to the difference that I was making. And um, I had a lot of different things going on in my life at the time. So I ended up leaving the leaving the job and I traveled for a while and um, 
started doing like a bunch of different trainings, um, both personal growth, uh, kind of spiritual growth, but then also like learning these different modalities, um, which kind of ended up being like a twofold thing. It's like healing, working on healing myself and then like learning, learning these modalities or learning the, this, how to kind of combine these different perspectives and techniques uh, into being able to work with other people. So uh, my work, uh, my background is with, in terms of that is primarily uh, in like breakthrough work. Um, I've done and like actually taught um, many trainings on uh, breakthrough work, um, meaning like, somebody's experience like experiencing like one model of the world and then with the breakthrough work in a in a very quick kind of succession they're now experiencing a new model of the world Hmm. and what happens during that time to to affect the change in somebody yeah so it took me a little while to even kind of like suss out like what was going on in this because I think, you know, like people, if you've gone to a training, it's like you're kind of given this like step-by-step process and it's like you do this, then you do this, then you do this. But I'm such a person, like I always ask questions. Um, even when I was younger, like I actually, like my dad actually told me like one point that I had to wait 10 minutes before asking a question because I would ask so many questions because uh, I just really like knowing why, like what is kind of behind all of this. Um, and so at least the way that I kind of do my breakthrough work is sort of following like these three, I don't know if they're stages or steps or processes, but it's it's basically like we start out with really like, I call it feel, heal, real. So we start out by by really getting in touch with the the deeper story that is actually causing the problem. Because a lot of times we have kind of these like surface level things going on in our life, but there's some deeper story that's perpetuating um, what's happening. So, uh, for example, like getting to the deeper story of what's creating, um, and contributing to the disease in someone's body. Um, so the feel part is, is just getting in touch with that. Um, and then working through heal, which is kind of different for every person. Um, there's definitely different techniques and modalities for doing kind of release work. Um, but I also think it's not just kind of about releasing stuff. Um, I think it's also about like integrating this, this new story of who you are. Um, so we kind of, we go through kind of this, this healing process. Um, and then the third aspect of that is real, which is, um, connecting with the authentic vision and, um, I work with people to kind of help them craft their, I call it their sacred offering. Um, because a lot of times, especially for people who are kind of in an entrepreneurial field or, or coaching or, um, kind of wanting to create a movement. It's like some people don't really like even like the word offer. It feels kind of like it's lacking some depth, but when you think about a sacred offering, it's like, this is, this is the gift that you're offering from, from yourself. Um, 
And then the third aspect of real is um, creating an impact plan because for the longest time, I was struggling so much with that. Um, I would get these amazing, well, what I considered amazing ideas. And then it would be so hard, though, for me to like stick with one thing or stick with like stick with one thing and kind of have really simple, actionable like things that I was doing day in and day out to move that dial forward. Um, and so I've just realized for myself that when I recognize that like the, the plan that I'm following doesn't need to be so, doesn't need to be so um, structured or boxy, but that it's, uh, it's supporting the impact that I want to make. Um, and that my, cl- and then helping my clients do that, like, creating their impact plan that suits their life and what they want to create. Um, then all of that allows the, like what it is that they want to be creating to come into like real form. So creating those results that they're wanting to create. And what would you say is your impact plan as a practitioner? And I'm contextualizing that with, you know, really, I'm affirming and nodding and smiling at a lot of the stuff you're saying because I think you and I swim in a lot of the same water. And at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm curious about all the upheaval that's happening in U.S. healthcare system and how hard it is, it seems like, for people to to get any um, like person-centered wellness and and support on any level. So I get curious about that. You, you know, what's your impact plan and, and who can you reach with this? And how, how, how can this fit with this whole kind of chaotic system we have going on? Yeah, I, I totally get where, where you're coming from. And um, for, for me, it's, it's interesting because I think that if I'm talking kind of like a bigger impact plan or a long-term impact plan, it's really connected with this vision I have of, um, really what I'm, I'm aiming to do is creating a center, like a, like a retreat and training center around, um, around like authentic living and leadership. So I don't think that, that I am necessarily built to go into like, for example, like the healthcare system and change it from the inside. I know people who are doing that and I, I admire them so much. Um, I think my impact plan is kind of about creating an alternative uh, route for people to go to go down that gives them a a lot of support and uh, community and uh, training and skills because I feel that uh, when we like when we're actually learning the skills for ourselves rather than just always going to someone else to kind of do it for us or fix us in some way. Like then like that's when we f- like we feel the best. And like, then I feel like, you know, things like our bodies and our bank accounts and all of those types of things, they end up reflecting that. Um, but I think my bigger impact plan is about, um, is about taking steps and, for me, building my my business um, in such a way that I, I can scale it to be able to help more people. Nice. And 
I, I wonder what was, um, I don't know, pivotal or influential in your inspiration to become a healer. It's, it's interesting. I was actually listening to one of your previous uh, podcasts with Sonia um, and how she was talking about uh, how she kind of looked back retrospectively at these different seeds that were planted. And when I think kind of back um, in my life, um, when I was younger, like going into college, uh, one of my first like huge experiences was uh, I was going to Tulane University, which is in New Orleans, and my move-in weekend was Hurricane Katrina. Mm. So I'm from the suburbs of Washington, D.C. I'm, you know, I grew up as like an upper-class white girl, and I had never really experienced the world. I lived in a bubble. And so um, we ended up evacuating, but when we when we, I went back to school after everything had passed, like we, I went on a field trip to go see these like levee breaches. And I was just amazed at like the amount of devastation that could happen from from something like that and also from the way that our systems are designed. And it inspired me. Like that's like the first time I can really remember being like, I want to make a difference in some way. I didn't know exactly how. Um, and just over the years, I think that I um, went down kind of this path where I was focusing, I guess, more on like healing like the world and like systems and and ecosystems. Um, but then what happened was I, because I had so much stuff going on in my own life and I wasn't really completely aligning with who I was, I ended up having like this really, uh, difficult, uh, recurrence of these chronic disease symptoms, um, from a disease that I was diagnosed with when I was like 11 years old. So I, that was when I kind of took the time off and decided to kind of do something totally different. Um, and so I guess what inspired me to be a healer was that I kind of, I had to be for myself. Like I had to, like there was, I kept kind of going to other people like doctors and, and trying to find medicine that was going to help me and, and all these things. And like, it was like, I just realized at some point that I just needed to be my own healer. And, um, I feel like that's a huge part of like a big principle of my work is that um, it's, it's helping people be their own healer. And um, instead of denying our purpose to really step into it. Yeah. It sounds like you're really supporting people to um, be resourced on a, on a deep enough level that their physiology aligns with their spirituality. Yeah, I like how you said that. I might take that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does it so does it work? And what have you seen? Yeah, it does. Um and what was so interesting for me was what, even when I was kind of in like the still having symptoms, I would read about like these people's stories like um Anita Morjani had she had cancer, like stage 4 cancer and she ended up having a near death experience and then coming back and kind of realizing that her cancer was caused by like this fear that she had in her life. Um, I mean, Louise Hay definitely impacted me a lot. Um, when I early on, um, but then for myself, what ended up happening was I was working with people around like 
kind of conscious business and and kind of stepping into like their calling like that aspect of my work Mm -hmm. but I wasn't really like I wasn't trying to like be you know work with anybody actually I remember I had a client who was like really wanted me to help him with like working on like this disease he was experiencing and I was like I'm not qualified to do that and I was like I was like I'm not touching that and um but then what ended up happening is um I kept hearing from other people like that they were also like having some sort of illness disease symptoms and that might not always be in their body but like emotionally like they were also experiencing that and so I ended up like stepping back and like actually calculating it and I think like over 70% of the people that I'd worked with up until that point like had something going on in their body um so that kind of coupled with my own experience of like when I started kind of even like going in the direction of like doing this work and kind of being in that space with other people, that was when my symptoms started to dissipate and then eventually disappear. And I didn't really know like what all of that meant. Um, But I kind of started like not even like actively researching it just sort of like I found this concept I think I was reading a book and uh it was talking about this concept of shaman sickness and uh shaman sickness is like for um people who are in the like in kind of tribal communities the shaman is like a medicine person um but shaman sickness would happen when the shaman before the shaman had stepped into their healing calling. So what I was realizing was that I feel like my my life and my work were like matching up with that, that it was like I was sick and like feeling misaligned because I hadn't accepted that I had this, um, this vehicle or this calling for my purpose, which was to help other people heal themselves. Um, and so I've seen that with myself. I've seen that with uh, with my clients. So like people, uh, one of my clients, she ended up like leaving uh, where she she had been living in Colorado for like several years. She moved across the country, kind of on a whim. Um, her chronic fatigue syndrome like disappeared. She's uh, and a lot of it too. Then allowed her to step into this relationship um, with with her partner that she feels really good about. So um, I've had other clients where maybe the symptoms haven't gone completely away yet because we haven't been working together all that long, but um, been able to like step down off of medication, um, like some pretty like severe medication that you don't really want to be on for a very long time um, and then not have any symptom reoccurrence. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of these things like, sometimes I wish I was one of those like researchy people or like a clinician and I could have like all of these like data points and, you know, I don't know, maybe at some point someone will kind of do some more uh, like scientific research on this. Um, But for now I pretty much just have kind of these like case study kind of correlations um, happening from kind of my own experience. And then, what I kind of hear from other people, like, so not even people that I work with and then, and then the people that I work with. Yeah. Well, empiricism is always the last 
to know, right? So you, if you feel the experience and, and you know what you're experiencing and you see it happening, that's, that's enough, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I just want to give people an option. Like, like I want to give people hope. Like, it's kind of funny because I, I didn't intend my program acronym to be called HOPE, but like um, my one-on-one program is, is the heal on purpose experience. Like huh. at first it was just heal on purpose. And then, and then I didn't want to call it a program. Cause I was like, I don't feel like it's not so much like a pre-program thing. Like there is some structure to it, but it's also kind of meeting the person where they're at. And then I was like, it's an experience. And then I was like, Oh look, it's hope. <laughs> so hop would have been pretty good too though. Hop would have been. Yeah, exactly. That works too. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go back a minute or so ago when you were speaking about the shaman sickness and that being your path, which, you know, I come out of the, the transpersonal and somatic therapy world and very familiar with the wounded healer archetype. Mm -hmm. Right. And so makes a lot of sense to me. And, and it seems to have like a lot of organic um, function too in our world. So if that's what you went through to find your calling, and this is sort of like you stepping into your power, how, if someone's listening right now who's saying, well, shoot, I'm not an upper class white person from the East Coast and I'm not going to become a breakthrough practitioner and I definitely am not going to afford one tomorrow, but I'm really struggling. Yeah. What would you like? How would you guide that person for step one of their process? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say step one is like, even it's probably one of the hardest steps, but I think it's just accepting where you are. And I know it's one that I've, I don't think that we ever like get to this point where we're like, I'm healed. And like, you know, there's, there's nothing left to heal. Like there's always something left to heal. So I think it's just first accepting where you are recognizing, like there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. Um, and that, I also would want to encourage people to like use the term healer kind of loosely. Like I, I define healer as someone who brings the world into greater harmony, like that helps the world like feel like, you know, remember its wholeness. Um, So like one of my clients, like he's not, he's not a breakthrough practitioner. He doesn't coach people. He doesn't work with people one-on-one. He doesn't do any of that. He is a musician. He's an, he's an artist. And, but that is like part of like what, what his calling is. Um, And I, I have worked with people who are like, they don't even, they're like, it sounds great to have like a calling or a purpose or a like, you know what you want to do to make a difference, but like, I have no idea what that is right now. And the thing is, it's like, I think that that it does come in time. It's just sort of starting to experiment and explore and engage and being like, oh, like, this makes me feel pretty good. Like this, this makes me feel like I'm more myself when I'm kind of engaging in this or I'm in this place or I'm with these types of people. Um, So I think it's starting, it's kind of like accepting where you are and then getting kind of curious about what like, what like kind of sparks your interest or like 
I think it's like the Howard Thurman quote. It's like, what makes you feel more alive? Yeah. And I really appreciate your definition of a healer, one who brings the world into harmony. I'm going to borrow that if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. And it, and and what I love about it, I think, as as you're sort of encouraging here yourself, is that it promotes such a versatility and inclusiveness about what healing can be. It, and it really takes the agency out of um, an authoritative figure, such as, you know, our Western model, which is like, yeah, we go to an MD and they have this authoritative power over our bodies and they decide what's best and they act upon us as an object, right? And sometimes that's really useful. And sometimes, and maybe even on a, on a more, yeah, like a more cosmic level, you're speaking about coming into harmony with ourselves as being a really deep healing. And that maybe, maybe people who can't access a direct um, source of healing can actually broaden the terminology around it to maybe tune their dial into um, just greater harmony in their world somehow. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I thought at one point when I left my job, I was like, I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to do this other thing. And that is going to be the thing that heals me. Like I was like, I was so, it was like so definite, but I, if there's anything I've learned, I don't really, even though I'm in my message, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to kind of, give more of that structure to it. Like, I also think that there's sort of like, it is kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, it is like a journey. It's like, there's no, it's not like everybody's thing looks exactly the same. Um, and so I think that it's, it's more important to like, instead of trying to focus on doing it right or like finding the right way, it's just, like feeling like you're in alignment with your own choices. Okay, so you so you can you can continue to speak about this of course if you want. I'm also noticing my own curiosity about um a couple of the other projects you have going on. I'm I'm wondering if you'd illuminate us with anything about those if you're willing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um so I um I have a pro- a project the, the most kind of current project I have going on is called the Heal You project um and I ended up designing this this project uh because um I realized that service work um like kind of like almost like community service work is so important to me um kind of like when I was talking about um my experience with Hurricane Katrina it's like I, I want to feel like I'm giving back. And so I designed this project um, and it's for uh, 40, 40 of my other kind of fellow empaths, like mission driven people. Um, I, I kind of coined this label or this term like world healer, like people who want to heal the world um, and they want to heal themselves in the process. So I've created this project um, giving away uh, 40 uh, 40 sessions, uh, so one session for each person who participates to help them uncover the, the deeper root of what's kind of keeping them stuck in that illness or disease. So, um, a lot of times, like when we're kind of trying to solve our, any, any problem really, not even just like kind of body or disease, it's, it's kind of like, we'll go after a 
a weed and we just kind of cut the top off. Um, but in my experience, the, the weed just grows back. So the, the work that I do is about helping to uncover the, the deeper story or the deeper root, um, so that that it can be healed at that level. Um, so this project um, is geared towards that. It's uh, it's sessions to help people uncover that that block, um, so that they can then move through that. Um, so that's my kind of most upcoming project because that's running from February fifth through April fifth. Um, so. Uh, probably by the time this, this mm-hmm. podcast gets out, it will, it, it'll be kind of an ongoing thing. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of running this project like to, to help other people, but I'm also running it to, because I want to learn more about what is it that like, what is it that people are really experiencing? What is it that people need? Um, and I'm also just curious to see, like, um, I'm realizing that like, our messages are not created and our work is not created in a vacuum, like that this is something that is kind of co-created together. So I'm wanting to, to work with, um, you know, other, other practitioners, but not even just practitioners or aspiring kind of practitioners or, or entrepreneurs or anything. I want to work with people who are like, I've got this, this stuff going on in my life, I don't really know how to handle it, but I feel like there's something so much more for me. And I feel like I am supposed to make some sort of difference. And I just don't exactly know how all that's fitting together. Mm. Getting into the giving part of this, what what do you hope is the, the sort of like exponential benefit of the heal you project? Um, well, what I really see, and, and, and I think that I don't think I'm the only practitioner who's ever thought this, like, is that sometimes I think we want to work with like lots of people. Like, you know, I, I've talked to people and I know people who have like these big dreams of like being up on stage and like being in front of a lot of people. And I think that there's, there's a lot of value in that. Um, and I also think that it really starts, it starts with the individual. Um, so my, like my goal or my hope is to, help people create breakthrough for themselves as an individual, not only for themselves though, to actually like be able to like go out and like do their work. So it's like, it's activating, it's kind of like activating world healers, like activating people who like might be stuck in kind of this space of like self doubt and um, not sure of like how to do it or, um, or even like what it is, um, but helping them connect with that. Because I, I believe that everyone does, everyone definitely has a purpose. Everyone has a calling because your calling is like the thing that kind of pulls your purpose out of you. Um, and so I believe it's, it's one of those things where, you know, maybe service 1.0 is, is helping people like helping someone one-on-one service 2.0 is then that person maybe goes out and helps another person one-on-one. And then service 3.0 to me is like us kind of going out as like a collective and, um, doing something great for the world. And so I guess when I think about that question you asked about the impact plan, um, 
one of the other things that I'm working on creating right now is a, um, a either like a like a kind of training program or that incorporates some sort of service and breakthrough retreat. So I'd like to take a group of people um, to, for example, like go to India and work with this organization called Homes of Hope India, which builds orphanages um, for girls who have been orphaned, trafficked, like abused, um, and be able to like spend time with the girls, like be able to like, you know, build something physical that like they need, be able to like fundraise and bring resources over there um, for them. And then also be able to incorporate like the breakthrough work because, um, I, I believe that by engaging in service that we are also learning and healing something in ourselves. So I think that it's kind of one of these things where it's like this giving and, and receiving aspect of it. Um, so I'm kind of at this point where it's like, um, I, I believe that it starts with the individual and then it can then ripple out from that space totally yeah i love it um i something actually caught my ear and i realized i wanted to ask you about it <laughs> yeah i wonder since you seem to be so centered around purpose it's been it's been a word that's at the center of, of my work for several years and it's it's really transformed its meaning for me this year so this is where i might even take a little liberty and, and share some opinion but first i, I wonder yeah, what can you define that for us? Like what does purpose mean for you? Yeah, I I love talking about this type of stuff and I love hearing other people's takes on it. So I I definitely want to hear yours. Um it's kind of funny cuz I I've realized like sometimes like when we talk about purpose it sounds like something that we do. And it, it, it is kind of, but I I think it's more I feel like purpose is who you are. Like I don't think I think that on some level, you can't really do your purpose. Like your purpose kind of can come through the things that you do. Um, but I think the reason that like, sometimes it feels so hard to find our purpose is because like, it's like, it's right here kind of thing. Like there's nothing to find. Um, it's just connecting with who you are and, and kind of feel a feeling of like, integration and, and personal congruency around like the reason why you're on the planet. Hmm. Yeah. But that's just my take on it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, I especially really resonate with the, the statement about not necessarily what you do, but who you are. And I was, I was really struck by a similar line in a podcast I've listened to in the past called the new man podcast, trip Lanier. check it out Okay, um, where he was, um, he was interviewing, I think it was a men's coach and, and they were talking about purpose. And the man said that it's purpose is not for me what I do, but it's what's behind what I do. And I think you're even adding mm -hmm. another layer here that it's the, the who of what I'm doing. Um, and I think what, what's shifted in me this year that I'd love to hear your take on is that this whole pursuit of purpose is, is a very privileged, um, it's a very privileged word for me right now in the sense that we, you know, at least in the U.S. here, not, not everybody listening is in the U.S. In the U.S., it's we live in a, in a capitalistic world and it's not fair and, and people don't have the same opportunities. So in 
I have spent so much energy trying to create income in alignment with purpose. And I think I've relaxed around that a little bit, knowing that not everybody gets the luxury of doing that. And so that doesn't work for me. (laughs) How how, purpose, purpose to me, I agree with you. Purpose has to be something that is equal opportunity. Uh, so I love the idea of, of just kind of like shattering this belief that purpose has to be this like perfect job where income comes and, and somebody is blissfully happy. And I want to shatter that for people who, who might feel really discouraged and intimidated by that. And and I really appreciate what you said. I don't really have anything more to say because you really rounded it out for me, just that we can find purpose in our state of being and our resonance with the world and income can be aligned with that. And then it can also be separate from that. Yeah, I like I'm I'm totally I'm with you on that. And um and I the thing that you said that really struck me is um that like purpose like that kind of like pursuit of purpose or kind of doing what you love that type of thing is like is a privilege. And um there's something about that like that pr- I feel like one thing, the theme in my life that I've realized is that I am very privileged. And for a long time, it was actually, um, and, and probably still is like part of like my shadow side of like, you know, being like fearing that people would find out like I'm a spoiled brat or something like that. And, um, and so like, maybe that's one of the reasons why I feel so called to like, to be of service, but it's kind of interesting. Cause I also, I want to be of service to like, to not like, like to not just people who can like, Oh, like you can afford like this, like, you know, high price thing, but I want to be uh, of service to people who are wherever they're at. And I see so much in the world in terms of like people living in, poverty and poverty could mean like your physical circumstances. Like, I mean, not having enough clean water, not having food, like not having access to education that could allow you to then transform your, your kind of reality. Um, like not having access to medicine. Like these are things that like, like some people just don't even have that. And, um, I kind of had like this a little bit of a break at one point. I was just like, I can't stand like just like sitting by and like not doing something about this. But I was like, but what can I do? Like, you know, I'm just one, you know, I'm just one person type of thing. And if there's anything that I've realized, I'm like, okay, like what, like what skills do I have? Like what experiences do I have? Like what can I kind of like pull together and start at least like moving forward, even if it's just like slowly kind of rolling a marshmallow up a hill like I mean it's like what can I what can I do to help help with that because I I believe that those of us who who do have the privilege of kind of pursuing our maybe like our kind of like spiritual callings in some way or pursuing them in a di- in a, maybe a different way than people who are kind of just trying to physically survive. I think that it, maybe there is some like, I don't, I kind of hesitate to use the word duty, but maybe that there is a little bit of duty there to like, to like be there for other people and help uplift, not, not uplift them like that we're doing it for them, but like, you know, help give them something that, 
they can uplift themselves. Yeah. And, and I know that you, you know, you bring people on the show who, you know, are, you know, maybe they're not like, not like everybody knows them, like, but like, that's kind of like the point is like, that everybody can, we can all do something because we all are something already. And like, we don't need to like, keep putting like these amazing teachers, like, they're amazing, but we don't need to keep putting them on a pedestal because they're human beings too. And I think I was just listening to another podcast um, where someone was actually kind of talking about Martin Luther King and and some of the things that he did that were very human. Um, and he also did these really amazing things. And so I think it's kind of one of these things too where, um, you know, speaking kind of to your listeners who may feel like, well, like I feel kind of, I don't exactly know where I'm going next or I feel kind of like stuck where I am. It's like, it's, um, like no one has it all figured out. Um, and I think that the more that we can recognize that like those people actually aren't extraordinary, they're just being themselves and like they're connected with that greater purpose. And like that we, we can be that too in our own way. I think that that's an empowering line of thinking. Yeah, yeah. Going along with the, um, yeah, just being enough, right? Just yeah. In, just in who we are, not having to create some, you know, Herculean uh, <laughs> persona on social media or create the, the, the most incredible NPO of all time, but just starting with who am I and how can I live in accordance with my truth? Um, yeah. Well, I think you have really illustrated uh, some some beautiful and obvious ways that that you are providing um, support and service to the world. But I love this question, especially in honor of of the late MLK J. Uh, is there any other way or any anything else you want to share about how you how your privilege has become a source of giving to the world? Yeah, let me think about that. What I'm realizing is that the like the greatest privilege that I've had is being loved and giving and receiving love. And I'm I feel very lucky that, for example, like I feel like my my parents are um they've they've always been very supportive of me. Um like my dad passed in, in 2010 and it like, it was huge in my life. Um, but I feel like I'm so privileged to have kind of have someone like that, like behind me. And, um, I think what fuels my work really at my core is that I, ha- I, I do feel like I have a lot of support and I I have so much love in my life. And it's like, when you have that, all you want to do is just like, give it like you want to be able to help other people. And so I think it's like, I feel like with this privilege, it's just learning how to scale the love and Mm. give that like, that real authentic, deep love to everyone. Um, I mean, I, as far as, uh, kind of 
something for your listeners. Uh, I am actually reserving uh, five spots um, for listeners of Super Givers Podcast. Um, because at, at the time of this recording, like the the Heal You project um, is is almost like halfway full, so I, I definitely want to give um, your listeners like access to that uh, though. Um, and so I guess um, we'll just have the link in the show notes. It's just daniellelarock.com slash supergivers, and that's where um, they can sign up uh, for a free session. Um, and again, it's for kind of people who are experiencing feeling like like misaligned or even having physical disease type symptoms, but they want to break through to this purpose and start working deeper towards their higher calling. And just to be clear for people listening, uh, these are remote sessions. They are remote sessions. Anyone can sign up from anywhere, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Great. Great. Awesome. Well, I so appreciate your time and your sharing and all the work you're doing in the world and um, for holding five spots for listeners. I hope people really take advantage of that. Um, Danielle's sounds like Danielle's doing some amazing work and, um, yeah, I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm excited to continue being a listener because I really uh, love what, what you're sharing. To learn more about Danielle LaRock, check out daniellelarock.com. If you're interested in booking one of the five sessions Danielle has reserved for listeners of the show, go to daniellelarock.com slash supergivers. My question of the day is this. If you are someone who identifies with having privilege in the world, how have you or could you use it in service of the world? To find out more about the world of Supergivers, head over to supergivers.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, click on the podcast link and send in an application. If you'd like to practice giving towards this show, please tell someone you know to listen in or consider subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play. That's all for today. Thanks for listening and maybe even subscribing to the Supergivers podcast, where we celebrate ordinary people creating extraordinary impact in the world. I'm your host, Jesse Johnson, and I hope you'll pass the giving along. Thank you.